Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. This one is apart. The next one will be together. That's right. Matt, ASU controls its own destiny. I guess. To win, yeah. Well, to, I mean, to win the South and therefore to win the conference. Uh, yeah, amazingly, you're right, I think. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Who would have guessed, you know, after starting three and four, that just one more win would change that. But that speaks to the mediocrity of the South, I guess. Um, so, yeah, we got a shot. Utah's number 15 in the country. Far from mediocre. Just kidding. Yes, they are. You're right. <laughs> I mean, they, they are uh, – you know, they started with two losses in the conference, which is what, you know, obviously has kept ASU and really everybody in the division in it because they started 0-2. And at the last time we were together to record one of these, as we will be the next time, uh, Utah had lost their second in a row to Washington State. We thought, well, that speaks badly for Utah. Well, neither team has lost since. And now they that looks like the, you know, the odds-on favorite to be the Pac-12 title game right now. You can get into Sun Devil Stadium for as low as nineteen dollars yeah. on certain ticket sites yeah. for this game. It is a day game, not not just a yeah. day game. The earliest kickoff available in the Pac-12, I believe. I think uh, this week, and then we're and then we're even earlier next week. Uh, yeah. a, a noon kick next week. So, yeah, very. I mean, this this week is one Pacific time. Next week, we're noon mountain time, 11 Pacific time. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a game there that early. So, yeah, a couple of uh, unusual day kickoffs for us here in November. Utah, led by Tyler Huntley. They are 6-2, and 4-2 and two in conference. Like I said, they've moved up to number 15 overall. They are averaging 431.5 yards of offense and allowing under 290 per game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have uh, they have really, you know, flipped the switch here in the last four games uh, since that Washington State loss, and really even beginning with that. I mean, they, I think it was twenty twenty four, but you know, the last four games they've scored forty plus all four games, um, and their defense is still pretty good. And you know, yeah, they they look like the class of the division. But we have been here before with them, and you know, going into November with a great chance to win the South. I want to say two, three years ago, they were, uh, you know, started, they got maybe as high as top five in the country um, and lost a game. It might've been two years ago. I can't, they lost a game at USC. It was, it was probably three years ago, I think, because they played USC at home this year. So just on the every other year uh, and they lost a game there and kind of the season crumbled on them. And so, you know, they got to prove they can do it. Um, the division is theirs, even if they really only win two out of three, as long as those two out of three are ASU and Colorado. They'll win any tiebreakers in the division. They, they don't even have to beat Oregon here in a couple weeks. So it's it's set up for them, but obviously a loss this week would change the dynamic a bit. One thing that's a little scary going in, uh, ASU's obviously become much more run-heavy, especially in, yeah. in the victories, because they basically – are a throwback with one dominant yeah. bell cow back. Right. Uh, which you don't really see much of in college football. No, you really don't. Especially in NFL. the 12. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when they've fed Eno Benjamin, the team has won. And in games where they've 
fallen behind or abandoned the run for some other reason, they've really struggled to put up points. They have. They have, yeah. And and this will probably be uh, a a struggle offensively. I mean, I doubt we're going to, you know, run up 40-plus points on this team. So it's going to be, you know, taking advantage of opportunities when they're there, um, getting touchdowns instead of field goals, not turning the ball over inside the red zone like we did against Stanford. I mean, we had two fumbles or, or a fumble and an interception, you know, inside the 30-yard line, both of them can't give away points. And that was the problem against Stanford. We talked about that. Uh, didn't happen against USC, but this is a better defense than what we saw last week. Yeah, I'm wondering how likely it is that Herm trots out the Washington game plan of yeah. let's let's just not beat ourselves and try to – keep it close and then, you know, eke it out. See if we can make some plays at the end. Yeah. I mean, you know, it it didn't work in that game. It, uh, you know, but, but we had a shot. We had the ball down by seven, you know, and just needed to make some plays. Couldn't do it in the fourth quarter. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I hope to see a little bit more aggressiveness. I think that game was, first of all, it was the fourth game of the year. Now you're, you know, you should be a little bit more developed by game number nine or, is it nine? Yeah, nine. Uh, nine. You know, and, and we're at home, and you know, Washington's a very difficult place to play, and you know, I think all those things add up to you should be a little bit more aggressive and not just try to play not to lose for the first three quarters, which is probably what that game plan was. Um, but you can take some elements of that because it did work at times. Yeah, and I think that you might see the decision to take the air out of the ball a little bit. Yeah. Um, though, regardless of whether they are having success running the ball, breaking off big plays, I'm not expecting mm-hmm. Oregon State levels of success here. No. But, you know, you have to stick with it and keep them honest because this is the kind of defense that that's what they want you to do is to, sure. is to decide, oh, well, we can't run the ball against them and sure. then make sure. their lives a lot easier. No, agreed, agreed. Yeah, I mean they are always good defensively. It seems like you know they are they are kind of like Stanford in this conference that you just kind of you expect them to be very solid defensively and not particularly explosive offensively. But the last four games have flipped that a little bit on offense. Um, they have been, and Tyler Huntley has played his best. And you know I know last week the running back Moss had a big game. Um, against UCLA, albeit, you know, not the best competition, but still he had a great game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they, they certainly come in riding high, and and it's all in their hands. I mean, they, they've beaten USC. They, they haven't lost in the division yet, and that's why, you know, they they beat they beat us and they beat Colorado in a couple of weeks, and that's that. doesn't matter what else anybody does. You brought up junior running back Zach Moss. He and Eno Benjamin's seasons are – very very close Moss slightly yeah. more productive 161 carries for 964 yards 10 touchdowns Eno five more carries uh 26 fewer yards and nine yeah. touchdowns you know right not, not too much different yeah right yeah, in the same I mean, ballpark and then uh you know you you also have to worry about their passing game which you yeah. know Britton Covey is yeah, the real deal yeah. Yeah, he's he's been good. Yeah, I mean, and, and uh, they really have gotten you know something out of Huntley. Um, we we played him last year, and and he didn't play too great. Now he was coming back from injury. I remember in that game it was his first start back, and 
we did a pretty good job. And that was that was probably our most impressive win last year. I know we beat Washington, but that was at home. I mean, to go on the road and dominate a, a pretty solid team. I mean, they weren't great, but they you know they're a solid team and they're always tough at home. And we we beat them up. Um, you know, that was an impressive performance. So you know, see if we can have the same type of success. Obviously, totally different defensive scheme than what we had last year. Yeah, last year the defense forced uh, four turnovers, four interceptions yeah. from Hundley. Um, but this whole year, he's only got four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's been much better, and that's what you expect. Second year as the starter, you, you know, you expect a guy to grow and get better. And uh, they didn't get off to the best of starts. Um, you know, a little little bumpy in the non-conference and then they lost their first two conference games to, uh, Washington and Washington state had chances against Washington. Um, I didn't see the Washington state game cause it was the day I was, you know, we were more Michigan Northwestern. Um, but boy, Washington, they, they had opportunities late in that game, you know, got a turnover that would have put them in position, I think to tie the game and went four and out, you know, inside the 10 yard line, I think. So it looked like another frustrating year for them, but they've they've turned it around. I mean, that win over Stanford really kind of turned everything for them, and they've taken care of business since then. Not the toughest of runs, um, you know, beating Arizona, USC, UCLA. None of those are great teams, but they've certainly looked better than they did the first month of the year. Matt, big picture it for me here. We're we're through eight games. We're four and yeah. four. We go home against number fifteen Utah. Home against UCLA on Senior Day, at mm-hmm. Oregon, and then at Arizona the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Where do you put this as far as the the remaining four games uh, in terms of need to have it for bowl eligibility? Yeah, I mean not not super high. I think you can certainly you know draw the line between you know the UCLA game is the one that you probably feel you most need to have. It's at home. And it's against a team that I believe is two and six overall. Uh, you know, so that's that's a game you feel like you've got to have. And then probably that Arizona game is the, is the second most attainable because they haven't been particularly good this year. Uh, you know, that's on the road. So that, you know, you, I mean, I, uh, I thought we'd be four and four at this point. This is exactly what I had projected. Um, had us getting there a little slightly different route, but uh, thought we'd be there. And then I had us finish in seven and five because I had us beating Utah and UCLA. I don't feel as confident about that now because they look better. Um, but can we beat you know UCLA and Arizona? I think so. Uh, you know, I think that's that's the easiest two if you want to call it that. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that's the cutoff. The only difference for me is that this is a home game. It is. And it is to the extent that that gives you any benefit. Sure, um, sure. You know, and, and if you can win this one, then you start saying, "Well, okay, can you win them? Can you win them all the rest of the way?" I mean, at, at Oregon, I'm not sure what to make of that yet. You know, they they got off to a really good start this year, um, and and you know they they should have beat Stanford. As we've talked about many times they blew that game, um, but the last few weeks they haven't looked as good. It seems like teams have kind of adjusted to what they do offensively and the, you know, the game plan has been laid out there to take away some of the things they do. And, um, I, I read some, you know, critical columns of, of their offensive approach in Tucson and that just, just seems to have no direction at all. Uh, and so maybe that's a game that we can get. We've, we've finally proven we can win on the road. That's a big hurdle to get over that we want to, that 
at USC. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't think any of these games are unwinnable. But, you know, certainly based on the rankings, this is the best team we have left on the schedule. Um, but it is at home. And so you uh, you think, you know, you always got a shot. We, we beat a, uh, you know, a top 15 team in Michigan State. They were slightly overrated, obviously, at that point. But we beat them at home and uh, we had a chance to beat Stanford. Couldn't quite finish the deal there. But, you know, we have played well at home the last couple of years and beat some teams that are better than us. So let's get to the game predictions. I, I'm not confident. Uh, I, when I said that I think it's going to look you know, game plan-wise like the Washington game, I, I think the game's going to go a lot like the Washington game where we'll, we won't, I don't think we'll fall further back than two scores, but I'm not sure that being down 10 points to Utah won't feel insurmountable. Yeah, I I might agree with you there, yeah. So I'm going to go 31-21 Utes. Okay. And I was going to go a little lower scoring both ways. I think, uh, I, I, you know, I'm hopeful that we'll, we'll end their streak of 40-point games. Um, you know, I, I, I think we can do that. Defensively, we've, we've kept teams under control most of the season. Um, but I was going to go probably more like 27-14. Uh, to 14. Utah. I just don't know if offensively we can do enough to win the game when it comes down to it. I, I, I'm not sure they got a good defense in our offense has just been very inconsistent against anybody but bad opponents. And this is not a bad opponent. So it's, I mean, we, we looked better last week, but we still weren't great. Um, still, you know, the whole second half basically without really much in the way of offense until, you know, we get the the, you know, busted play there for the touchdown at the end, but no offensive scores until that point. Um, and so I just don't know if against a pretty good defense, we can find the consistency that we haven't really had all year. Okay. So here we are. College football playoff rankings. We yep. 10 yep. have come out. Yep. Obviously the pac 12 is in dire need of, the Cougs to run the table. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're not shot. in bad shape. Uh, obviously, they need a little help in front of them. Uh, but, but you, uh, you know, assume I think that, I mean, Alabama and LSU have to knock each other to one, one of them, them will lose. Off. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and presumably you know, then, the winner will play Georgia. So one I was going to say, I mean, you either have, you know, Georgia losing another game or you have the winner of Alabama LSU losing another game, you know. So there, there is a path for two SEC teams to get in. Um, the easiest path probably being LSU beats Alabama. Alabama wins out after that, finishes 11-1, and one, just like they did last year. LSU also wins out, and you've got, you know, LSU versus Georgia, winner likely going, and Alabama sit pretty to go also. Um, but, you know, if Alabama beats LSU and then beats Georgia, probably looking at only one SEC team, which opens the door for some other teams. And we should not forget about Kentucky. I don't want to do that. Kentucky is, is uh, not pretty, but they are also a one-loss team. And if they beat Georgia this week, they're in the SEC title game. So, you know, we talk Georgia like it's a, it's a cinch. It's not. True. I That's on me. I, I did not. Oh, I mean, I'm guilty Kentucky. of it, too. I, I just did it. Um, but, you know, Kentucky has found a way, especially in the last month or so, in ugly fashion to, you know, still piece together some wins. The ugliest being this past week at Missouri when they – 
had one offensive touchdown and it came on an untimed down at the last play of the game. Um, but their defense is really good. They got a good running back and, and, and you know, the crowd there is going to be excited chance for the first ever sec East title since they've gone to divisions. Uh, that'll be a tough environment for Georgia. And they didn't, they didn't respond well to one against LSU. So we'll see how they do this time. And this game is the clincher because it is. it's the sec East title game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, both teams end with, you know, out-of-conference games, two in a row. And so this is it. Yeah, the, the winner goes to 6-1, and one, and the worst they could do is be tied. And they'd have head-to-head tiebreakers on both the loser and Florida. So, yeah, this is this is the SEC semifinal, I guess. Notre Dame's unbeaten. They stay unbeaten there. I think that's automatic. I think so, too. I, I, I don't think there's, there's... There's a lot of media folks who are trying to drum up concern but I don't see any way a 12-0 and Notre Dame is not going to the playoffs uh, in favor of a one-loss team. I just I don't see it. Uh, I think it makes for good conversation, but that's it. Well, and they get, you know, don't sleep on this Northwestern game. No, no. We saw in person that, that Northwestern is, is a pesky team. They, like we talked about last time, they play to the level of their competition. And, you know, they're, you know Pat Fitzgerald gets those guys fired up. And, and do not ignore that Syracuse game. Syracuse is a solid team with a very explosive offense, and it's in Yankee Stadium. That's not a gimme. Like, you would never have looked at that November schedule before the year and thought Northwestern and Syracuse look tougher than Florida State and USC. But here we are on, you know, Halloween night, and they look tougher than Florida State USC easily. Now, Michigan, I think – is in prime position for winning out and being in. I, I agree. I, I think we're setting up for SEC champ. If everyone wins out in their yeah. specific role, I think you are looking at SEC champ, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan. I would say so too. I think those are the four spots that you'd say don't need any help. If Michigan wins out and beats Penn State and beats Ohio State and then beats somebody in the Big Ten title game, whether it's Northwestern, Iowa, Purdue, Wisconsin, it's another solid win. You know, maybe not an elite-level win like, you know, you'd hope, but good team. 12-1 uh, and one with their one loss being the opener on the road against Notre Dame. I can't see them being left out. But those are big ifs. I mean, that, those are big hurdles to clear to get to that 12-1 and one mark. Does Oklahoma have enough juice to – jump one of these teams if everyone wins out i don't think so but they're they're sitting pretty right behind them like i I mean i feel like if michigan loses i think oklahoma would maybe have enough to to stay in front they are in front now of ohio state because i feel like people you know ohio state's gonna have a hard time getting past that purdue loss it's much like the iowa loss for them last year they got blown out and and those are tough ones to overcome um, Oklahoma, I believe, would stay in front of them if they keep winning. Here's the other thing about the top 10. I guess let's go, let's extend out to top 11 picture. You've got yeah. Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Kentucky, Florida. So five of the top 11 from the SEC. Right. Florida's got. Which I think two- Florida is not really a factor here. Which, uh, they can't win the SEC East, so I'm not really taking them too seriously. Which begs the question I have now How high. Can an undefeated UCF get? They're seven and zero. Probably pass some of those teams. I mean, they've got some tough games in November. 
They got Temple this week. They got uh, they finished with Cincinnati and USF. And then if they win all those games, they play a pretty good Houston team in the in the conference title game. So they've got opportunities in the next four to five weeks to make some impressive statements. Um, but I don't think they get to the top four. Do you? I don't see it. The only way – here's the only way I think it could happen. And I think this is a legitimate possibility. What if they're the only remaining undefeated? Yeah. What if Syracuse beats Notre Dame? What if Alabama loses to LSU? Yeah. What if Clemson drops a game? And UCF's now the only team left. I I presume they will jump Florida with ease. I presume they will jump the loser of Michigan-Ohio State. And probably Georgia-Kentucky as well. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're, they'll move up. Now, here, here's I'll tell you this right now. I don't think they're going undefeated. Uh, they're not as good as they were last year. And they've had some struggles already. And this, this stretch for them is tough. And I don't – if they get to the AAC title game undefeated, I think they lose to Houston. Houston's pretty good. Houston's got a heck of a quarterback. They're more than just Ed Oliver. Uh, like, he's the headliner. But they got more than just him, and and I don't think they're going twelve and zero to go undefeated. But if they do, and that scenario happens, maybe. But I I still would be surprised. I just don't know if, if an outsider can can do this. Uh, I really don't. Uh, in this system as it is now, realistically, I don't know that it can be done. Well, and then we get into the pirate Mike Leach's point. Right. Should the system? Everyone else from from. Beer league softball on down yeah. can figure this out according to him. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, uh, and I, and I, uh, while I respect his his bravado, and you know I like Mike Leach, I always have been a fan. Um, I don't agree that it needs to be sixteen teams. Sixteen teams too many. Because because where would we be? Let, let's take a look at who's in that you know thirteen to twenty range right so now. You're I, looking at. I've got it up. I'll read okay. you thirteen to twenty. West Virginia, Penn State, Utah, Iowa. So that's who's in. Yeah. Yeah. Then the cusp, the next four, first four out, would be Texas, a five and three Mississippi State. Yeah. Syracuse and a five and three Texas A and M. Yeah, no. I like those those teams do not do not need to be in the national title picture. None of them. And you know I like Texas. I mean, now some of those teams could still, you know, West Virginia, they're 13. They got one loss. If they beat Texas and they beat Oklahoma, they'll move up, and they should. And, and you know, maybe they're a team that can make that move. But, um, you know, Mississippi State's a great one for me. And, and I joked with you yesterday. I texted you about Mississippi State as a joke. But how in God's name are they number 18 in this poll? Besides just the guys sitting in the room and saying, eh, they're in the SEC. They must be pretty good. They have been horrendous in their losses. I mean, it, it, you know, if you watch them against LSU and you watch them against Kentucky, and I think they lost to A&M, so you beg, begs the question, how is A&M behind them when A&M has two losses well, to the they, number one well, and two no, team in the they, country? They did beat A&M. They oh, beat A&M. They, beat they lost – their losses are Kentucky, Florida, LSU. Florida, that's – okay, yeah, they beat A&M last week. What am I saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. So I guess that makes sense. But and still, those are good teams. But they have looked – bad in those games well and in the games they've lost they've scored precisely 16 points (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, one touchdown right yeah 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 so 
how is that? I mean, like, you know, and I'm not going to make you big a because 18 does not matter. But if we expand to a 16-team playoff, it starts to matter. And no, I just don't think we need that. Now, if you want to if you want to go to eight, you and I have talked about this a lot the last couple of years. This has become an issue. You want to go to eight, I'd be okay with that. What I'd like to see is home field for the first round to give the top four an advantage, a true advantage of being, you know, in the top four. Um, plus, you'd have, you know, some better crowds. You wouldn't just have neutral site, you know, sanitized games, basically. Um, but I don't think it needs to be any more than that. 16, you start getting into NCAA basketball tournament territory where you're watering down the field, you're putting teams in with three and four losses. No, I, I, I don't want an eight and four team playing for a chance to win the national title. I did. That waters down the season. Counterpoint. If you went to 16, seven and one Fresno State has a shot. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Uh, you know, and, but I, and UCF has a shot. Oh, they would. They certainly would. And maybe at eight, they would. Like, I would be okay if you said, we're going to eight and, and do some, I wouldn't give an automatic, you know, I think that's a dangerous precedent to say, well, we're going to, you know, no matter what with the eight, we're going to take the highest ranked, you know, group of five team. Because you could look at, you could see it this year. You could see UCF lose a game or two. You could see Houston lose another game. And you could end up with the highest ranked group of five team being, you know, Fresno State or Buffalo or somebody like that. Like, I don't think they need to be in the top eight. But you could do something where you'd say, you know what, if, if uh, you know, we'll, we'll maybe not even an automatic, but you kind of say, you know, if a team is, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitating as I say you this. Just have it, I say, you have it known in the room. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, as I say, well, if they're in the top 12, well, that'd be kind of stupid because it'd be like, you know, well, if they're in the top 12, they're not in the top eight. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah, you could easily manipulate that and say, oh, they weren't in the top 12, sorry, you know. Um, So I don't know how you do it. I'd be hesitant on saying give them an automatic bid, but maybe, maybe, maybe you do that. Maybe you say the five conference champs and and the highest ranked group of five team get automatic and you take two at largest. I'm hesitant on that. I'll say this, if I'm the Pac-12 commissioner, sign me up for that on a 10-year deal right now (laughs) because (laughs) we get somebody in, you You treat us as a power five, fine, I'm in. I mean, the the hesitancy I have with that idea is you get into the conference title game scenario and let's play it out this year with, for example, the ACC. And let's say Clemson is 12-0 and they're playing maybe a Virginia team that's, you know, 8-4. Virginia upsets them. Virginia gets in. Like, does anybody really want that? I don't think so. But then Clemson so, gets the at-large. Right. You know, I mean, and, and so I, I I don't know about automatic bids, If uh, you know, with the conference title games and the fact that so many times we see lopsided matchups, and not in how they play out, but in, in regular season record. We've seen in the Pac-12. Remember the first year of the Pac- Pac-12 was, you know, 6-6 six and six UCLA against... 11 and one Oregon or whatever. And, and you Oregon won, but you know, it's a one game scenario. We've seen those crazy upsets before. Yeah. I mean, you see it in the bowl games. You do. You do. So I'm, I'm leery of doing any sort of auto bid for a conference champ. Now, if you want to say every conference gets a rep, okay. I might go along with that. If you, you know, you want to say, okay, well, you know, go to eight and all five conferences are going to get at least one team. 
and you make the committee determine who that best team is, I'm, I'd be more okay with that. Boy, that'd be tough on the committee, though. You know, it would, but what, I mean, uh, really, it, let's say, I mean, really, it, we've seen it. Clemson's, Clemson's 12-0 or, or, you know, let's go to the Big Ten this year. It's another great example. You could have an 11-1 and Michigan against maybe a 8-4 and Northwestern. If Northwestern beats them, are they better than them? I don't think so. They beat them one game. Well, but but I, I go a different way. Where I see the trouble on this, as if we are going to solve this all right now. Right. <laughs> um, I got you. But where I see the trouble in this is what you have with the SEC. Let's say there. Are, let's say Georgia. Let's say Kentucky beats Georgia. Okay. And okay. LSU beats Alabama. So yeah. LSU is playing Kentucky. In the SEC title game. In the SEC title game. And then Kentucky beats LSU. But let's yeah. say that other conferences have good teams. Like enough sure. where this is a problem. There's seven other good teams. Sure. Would you not take Alabama over Kentucky? No, I'd take Alabama over Kentucky. Even though if Kentucky wins, scenario, yeah, Kentucky yeah, wins the conference. Kentucky's your chance. I mean, unless something changes in how you're watching, how they're playing. But right now, I mean, yeah, yeah, Alabama's undefeated. But you know, let's let's say just just one week from now, before you even get to the, you know, let's say Kentucky beats Georgia and LSU beats Alabama. Who's the better team? Very likely, it's Alabama. If you're if you're being sensible, I mean, unless unless in that Alabama LSU game they have 16 guys get season ending injuries, you'd still probably favor Alabama over Kentucky, wouldn't you? Well, I mean, okay, just, but okay, but let's say you do that. You so Alabama. Let's say they flip. That happens and they flip. LSU's yeah. one, Clemson two, Alabama yeah. three. Yeah. And Kentucky beats Georgia and they flip. So Kentucky jumps up to six. Sure. They're sure. still behind Alabama. But they beat number one or number two no, I agree. LSU I agree. in the I don't know. I mean it, it would be a tough it'd be a tough determination and, and I suppose, you know, that's why you could have those two at large spots too. Yeah. I'm just I'm just leery. I don't like it for the basketball tournament, but the basketball tournament has enough flexibility where, you know, the, the really good teams are still getting in. But I hate it for the small conferences. You always see that in the small conferences. Team goes, you know, 17-1 and one in the regular season. And, you know, they win their first. And then in the final, you know, they're 19-1 and one overall in conference play. They lose in overtime. And it's like, eh, tough luck. Head to the NIT. Like, yeah. on your, it. On your, you know, team. fourth day in a row play. Right, right. exactly. <laughs> I mean, I saw that. I can't remember what conference it was last year. But there was this situation just like that where, you know, they were like, they, I think 19 and 1, 20 and 1, something like that. They lose an overtime game on like a buzzer beater. Like, well, sorry, you don't get the auto bid. Like, that just doesn't seem right to me. It never has. And, you know, ultimately, those teams are not going to win the national title. If we're doing this in football, we're talking about teams that could. And so I would I would be leery of saying, you know, ah, Clemson, you went 12-0, and but sorry, you lost to 8-4 Virginia, uh, you know, Hail Mary or something like that. Or, or maybe you just had one bad night and they beat you. So you're out. Tough luck. Virginia gets in instead. Like, who wants – I mean, honestly, who wants to watch that? Like, that will not draw the eyeballs that Clemson would. And that's ultimately what this is. It's a, it's a TV show as much as anything else. You want the most deserving teams because those are the teams that people want to watch. I'll tell you, you would like my fantasy football league because we crown our champ as the regular season champ. Not there you the, go. Not See, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think if you can do that, you can, I mean, I, I'm all for a playoff for the national title. 
because you don't play equal schedules. Alabama doesn't play the same schedule as Clemson or Michigan or Washington State, you know, and so a playoff makes sense. But, you know, in in the conference, I mean, like the Big 12, I know why the Big 12 added a title game, but they don't need one. They play everybody. They play a full nine games. Everybody plays everybody. You don't need a title game. Like the, the winner of that regular season should be the Big 12 champ, but they had to bow to pressure to add that extra game. One more football point before we go. Okay. Maryland yeah. fired DJ Durkin. After um, retaining him yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> it was 100% a mistake to keep him in the first place. Yeah, it was. It was. And, and it, was, it, was, it was one of those things where it's like there, there's no – there was no acceptable no, option no. but to do that. And I, I don't even want to say that they failed to read the room correctly because that undersells how terrible the <laughs> things that they found were to then come back and say, but you're still the coach. Yeah. Well, and, and what do we always talk about? You know, I, I mean, most of the time your poor behavior or flaws or whatever can be masked by winning. Well, he hasn't won. I mean, he's ten and fifteen as the head coach. Now he's only been there a couple of years till now, but but still, I mean, you're, it's not like Ohio State keeping Urban Meyer, where we can all say, well, you know, I don't really know. I think he probably covered this up, and but yeah, gosh, he's won three national titles, one with them. He's gotten them to the playoff twice in the last four years. Yeah, you're going to keep that guy because he's a good coach. Uh, winning always cures everything. Well, this guy hasn't won, so. The, the, you know, keeping him was a, was a head scratcher, really, because they're, normally when you keep a guy in the face of public pressure, it's because, well, he's really good. He hasn't shown he is. I wonder, which I, I will have no idea because I, I'm not going to dig deep enough to find what his contract says, but I wonder if they cost themselves here by reinstating him if now they're going to try to all of a sudden fire him for cause. I don't know. Because That's they, a good question. they basically yeah. said... Oh, we don't really have cause to fire you. A lot of bad stuff happened, but whatever. Right. And now that's a very good question. You know, I'll say this: I like his chances in a grievance if they try to argue it was for yeah, cause true, for true. him to say, yeah. "Well, they had none of the facts changed about no, what I right. did. There was just a public but displeasure with, right. with what right. happened, and right. then they yeah. fired me." So, no, it's a good question. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you certainly think common sense there. He'd have a pretty good case. Yeah, uh, I mean, even though, even though I guess in some ways common sense would tell you he wouldn't. But uh, you know, strictly on the evidence, yeah, seems like you know they kept him and then they changed their mind. So I don't know. They certainly might have. Wouldn't be surprising given the mismanagement they've already done if yeah. they continued to mismanagement now. I, I also think that it, it, it is such a misguided attempt at covering for themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they clearly didn't talk to the team. They clearly didn't, you know, or didn't care until they realized, oh, no, it's not right. 1930. And these guys will all just go on their own social media and talk about right. how upset right. they are or how terrible True, it true, true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, and, and you just... You know, I mean, PTI made this point yesterday. How how would this guy be able to recruit? I mean, because that's the lifeblood of a program is recruiting talent. 
And you got to think that every coach who was recruiting against Maryland would certainly use that against them, and for good reason. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, on to a happier note. That's right. ASU took on Arizona Christian in uh, the first official scrimmage of the season. Now they did play an unofficial scrimmage that they won against New Mexico State. But I want to start with the the tone from what Haller wrote and what Mm -hmm. the social media reaction was, which was, they scored 100 points, and Bobby Hurley could not have cared less because he thought the defense was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting. I read that Haller story and his, his tweets last night about it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I like that. I, I, I like the notion, and Haller said this, that, you know, we're, we're no longer just trying to be okay. We're, we're no longer going to be content with just, you know, being above average and, you know, uh, just winning some games and getting into the tournament like no we got higher standards here now and and you got to keep pushing those standards and and i mean obviously uh, you know a game against arizona christian is not going to measure you up against those high standards but uh that's what you want to see i mean i want to i want to see a coach who says hey you know scoring 100 points against a you know a, a non-division one team is nothing to celebrate you should do that you should be better you know, you should have won that game 104 to 50 instead of 104 to 76. Yeah, the the defense uh, was without Remy Martin, uh, yeah. which I think is a factor that everyone acknowledges. Reports indicate that he should be back for the Fullerton game on Tuesday. Yeah, hopefully so. But they need him. He, you know, that much is clear. Oh, sure, I, sure. I, I mean, he's, you know, offense and defense, I think. I mean, he's the point guard, too. You expect the ball to be in his hands a lot starting the offense and uh so yeah i mean hopefully this is not something that will drag into the season and cause you know long-term difficulty for him uh on the injury front there was some good news uh mickey mitchell did play yeah after, i was surprised at that but that was good he he sat out the secret scrimmage but played right. 11 minutes was effective um dort and cherry both played although apparently cherry is hurt uh, yeah, yeah, still coming back from a knee injury in the off season, and yeah, I wasn't. His numbers look good, but Haller's observations of him certainly weren't that encouraging. Uh, that that had me a little concerned. Yeah, limping around, not great. Yeah, heavy knee brace, and yeah, but boy, I mean, you look just on paper, it looked like he had a pretty good game too. So I, I don't know. So here's what I'm looking at for the non-conference schedule. They've got there's one game that we can't account for, which is part of that uh, right. tournament over tournament. Thanksgiving week. Uh, but they play Fullerton McNeese Long Beach at home to open the oh, year. Home. Yeah, at, in the first week, three games. Yeah, I expect a sweep. I, I know Fullerton is good. Fullerton's a good team, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I think to be the team. Well, I mean, look, it's the season opener, and and you all, you know. I don't want to say if we lose that game, then the season's going to be a disaster. But yeah, I mean, if you if we're the team, I think then we should win that game and win all three of those. Yeah. Then road test at San Francisco, an odd scheduling uh, move. It is. Me. It is. Yeah, a little little different. Um, you know, but 
I don't mind it. You know, I mean, a, a true road game. We we only have well, we have what three of those this year. We we'll play Georgia and Vandy too. Yeah, that's so, a, that know, is a you, true road trip. To yeah, the SEC. yeah. You know, uh, so I like that obviously a lot. Um, you know, get a get some experience doing that, much like you'll do in the Pac-12 season. Um, you know, going on the road and having that day off in between, and then playing another road game. It's, uh, yeah, it's unusual to go play a game like that, but I don't mind it. You know, I mean, it, it gets you away from home against what you would think is a somewhat manageable opponent. You know, you're not playing your first game away from home against a heavyweight necessarily. No. Um, it seems doable. And, and then yeah. that sets up, if they start 4-0, all of those games, by the way, Pac-12 Network, uh, yeah. that, that sets up for Mississippi State, at uh, the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas as yep. part of that tournament. Um, and really, that, that Mississippi State team's good. You know, they are. There's they just are. No, no two ways about it. That, you know, they, can, they can get you. They're ranked 18th in the yeah. country for a reason. Yeah, and, I mean, it, it starts a run that should be uh, full of pretty good opponents up through the Kansas game about a month from then. Uh, I mean, there's, there's not a lot of gimmies in that stretch. No, um, but if if you're expecting this team with its heavy reliance on freshmen mm-hmm. uh, to go unbeaten in the non-conference, you're going to be disappointed. It's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was a stunner that it happened last year. Um, but you're right. I mean, it was a different different makeup of the team. We had three seniors. Uh, and we played out of our minds offensively for the first month and a half, and that that was proven over the rest of the season that we really weren't that good offensively. Um, it, yeah, I would not expect that at all. I, I think you know you have to realize there's going to be some growing pains, not only not only freshmen and newcomers, but as Howler pointed out, we've had some preseason injuries too, and so you you know some of that time that you hope to build chemistry hasn't hasn't happened as probably as well as you hope and so you're going to be doing that now in november and december and so there there is likely to be kinks and that's why i say you know what the fullerton game i mean I, certainly i hope we win but uh the sky is not falling if they beat us that's a good team they went to the tournament last year um and and you know that's that's kind that's the kind of game that you know teams sometimes lose and then you look back in you know mid-february and you think boy how, how do we lose that game now we're rolling um seen it with really good programs you know michigan state has lost some games like that and they're a national championship contender it seems like most years so that there should be no panic early um now if we're still looking you know rough around the edges at the end of december i'll be more concerned but there's there's gonna be some bumps probably you know in this first month of the season well the the second vegas game is either going to be saint mary's or utah state you know winner plays winner loser plays loser right um St. Mary's also a good team. Utah Utah State, not a bad team either. Um, No, no, I agreed. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's a solid couple of games and, and, you know, then it just gets tougher once we get into December. Yeah. The, uh, the last bit of respite is, uh, the, the Kevin Brady matchup with Omaha and then, and then Texas Southern at home. Yeah. You know, so you get this limited, very limited. You expect a, a you know a little bit of time to work out the kinks there before a December stretch where you've got you know two preseason top ten teams and that road trip to the SEC. Yeah, 
The first of those two is Nevada at Staples Center on Friday, yeah. December 7th. Uh, a really good team. You know, some people preseason Final Four team. Uh, yeah. Musselman yeah. obviously has a history with ASU. That's true. True. So, yeah. Was yeah. an assistant under Herb here. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, and you leave that, you get a week off, which I, I imagine is during finals. Finals, I'm um, sure. Yeah, I think so. And then you travel to Georgia, Vandy, and then come home for Kansas and Princeton. Right. Which right. it's really possible that between December 1 and January 1, you're looking at Texas Southern and Princeton <laughs> and maybe splitting that SEC trip and, and having to feel good about that as you're. I agree. I you agree. Know. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we'll see what happens with Kansas. I mean, you can't, you know, they're the preseason number one. You cannot expect to win that game. But it's at home, and, you know, who knows? Uh, we won it last year, stunningly. Um, and, and, you know, those SEC teams, neither one of them is great. Um, but you don't expect to sweep on the road, although maybe it's possible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be an interesting stretch of games. I mean, Nevada's very good. Two road games against, uh, you know, decent programs, but nothing special. And then a home game against, you know, maybe as good a team as there is in the country. Yeah. Well, and then you get, you know, you basically get that game against Kansas. You flip a week for the holidays, and you get Princeton on Saturday, December 29th. Right. And then you're right in the conference schedule. Utah, Colorado come in. You travel to Cal and Stanford. The Oregon schools are in. And Oregon, yeah. Oregon's, you know, the cream of the conference. Favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you need to get off to a good start because, you know, last year, what was the, you know, the lament was, boy, we, you know, we start with five or seven on the road. We got off to a bumpy start. Well, this year's the opposite. This year you start with, you know, four of six at home and you finish, on, you know, with some road games. So you, you need to be... You know, I talk about bumps in the road early. You need to be by the, you know, by the time you roll into mid-December and you're, you know, going into that Kansas game, and then from there on, you got to kind of have things worked out because you really need to get off to a good start in conference play if you're going to make some noise in the conference, which I believe we can. I really do. Well, the other thing about that is you got to set up and give yourself a bit of a cushion because Utah and Colorado teams that at home you should beat. Sure. Um, if you want to be the kind of team you expect to be, Stanford and Cal on the road, not an easy trip, but not the most intimidating places. Maples no. is Maples is harder than Haas, but sure. both are both are doable. Yeah. Oregon State at home, you should get. And then, you know, here's where here's where the risk of it falling apart if you don't have momentum is. Yeah. Home to Oregon on Saturday, travel to UCLA and USC, and then back home to Arizona. If you right. drop that Oregon game, you're you really. If you drop that Oregon State game, you're at risk of having the wheels come off because sure, sure. I could easily see us losing that January 19th game against Oregon and the January yeah. 24th game at Pauley, and then yeah. you know USC, you know tough when it's the second half of, of any is, road trip, and then you come it home is. for Arizona. Who look, this is not the Arizona Wildcats we grew Arizona up team. with. But no. there's there's still you know the the guys who can't crack the rotation 
were you know four and five star recruits right so right. no yeah yeah i mean it, it's a it's an interesting year because i don't think there's a i don't think there's a team in the conference that i feel like is um a true heavyweight in the sense that you know boy we're really gonna have a hard time beating them at all they're so i mean like arizona was last year where yeah we were in the game with them both times but they had a just a superior talent with Aiden, and they had veteran guys like Trier. And, you know, I just felt like, man, when it comes down to it, they just have more talent than we did. I don't think there's anybody like that this year. So I think we can beat anybody, but but yet, you know, we're we're going to have to play well. I mean, like we're, we're not superior talent either. We're, we're just going to be able to coast through and win 15 games on talent alone. Last year, Arizona was number 12 in the country. No one else was ranked. Yeah. And, and the bottom fell out for a lot of teams, right. I mean, including us, really. It did. It did. Um, you know, for for what it's worth, interestingly enough, everyone in the conference ended on a loss because no one won the national title. <laughs> That's true. Uh, That's true. Just an, a nice little aside stat. Yeah. But um, when you look at last year's conference – versus this year's i think that the meaty part of the curve will be better the i think your i think your teams four through nine yeah. will be better this year than four through nine were last year. And, and that's that's probably a good point yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't disagree with that yeah because it was it was pretty top heavy last year it seemed like i mean arizona was really good usc was really good for a lot of the year, although it didn't end up making a tournament. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I mean, there there was uh, not much depth, it felt like, in terms of, you know, tournament-caliber teams. I think you'll see more of that this year. I, I think this year, Oregon is a lot of people's sleeper, obviously, but yeah. UCLA is good. Washington is good. pretty good, yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't know what you're going to get with us in Arizona. No, you don't. You know, yeah, yeah. And while I, mean, I, it, while I gave a hard time about how we should beat Utah, um, you know, they, they're always a pretty good program. Yeah. yeah. They don't yeah, ever, yeah. since they've joined the conference, I don't recall the, them ever bottoming out. No. You know, I mean, Utah basketball has been a lot like Utah football. Uh, they've, they've never really been great. You know, they've not won the conference. I don't believe they might've won a conference tournament. I'm, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember if they did. Um, but you know, they've, they've, they're always good. Like they're always, you know, one of those teams that's not an easy out. You, you know, they don't they don't go four and fourteen in the conference. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I think. I mean, this may sound crazy. I may be proven crazy. I think winning the conference regular season is within play. I really do. Um, but it, you know, it's certainly I don't feel like you know it'll be a well coast to it or anything like that. But I, I do think we can we could be the number one team by the end of it because uh, I just don't think this conference is loaded with great teams that you know we can't figure this out and have it rolling by the end of the year. I I don't think that's crazy. I want to go a slightly different route. Set aside the non-conference and however we perform there, conference mm-hmm. regular season record. Yeah. Is this year a disappointment if we're not fourth or better? Uh, probably, yeah. Now, I guess I would I would put the asterisk on that, that I guess I'd want to see how some other teams are 
I mean, because if you end up with maybe there's some teams that are going to surprise us and there's three teams that finish in the top 10 of the country. I don't expect that, but let's say that, you know, then you start thinking, well, boy, fourth, you know, might be a pretty high bar to get to. Um, but yeah, I, I think we could. Yeah, I guess I guess the best answer I can give you there is I feel like that is my baseline is to be in the top third of the conference this year. I just think that that's a fair expectation. I agree. I agree. And and I think, you know, I think the expectation should be to be in the tournament. Um, you know, we'll see how things go. I, I'm not saying if we're not in the tournament that, it, you know, it's, you know, let's burn the whole thing down and fire Bobby Hurley. And, you know, no. But, I, I mean, we made the tournament last year. So the expectation should be to continue doing that. And, and, and you know, if we're not, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, maybe it won't be a disaster if we're not. But that's what I expect. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, the reason I said that is, you know, we saw flashes. And I understand this team is different. But this team, on paper, should be better yeah. talent-wise than any of the other teams he's had here. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, I liked the article that, I don't know if you read the article, Haller wrote it yesterday about, you know, Hurley's office and you know, mm-hmm. it was kind of a human interest piece, but at the end talking about how he expects to have, you know, more things from the current team to, you know, more ASU things and more history to be, you know, I agree with that. And, and so it's like, you know, if not now, when, I mean, you know, we, I kind of said this, we said the same thing about football. It's like, you know, you can't always push the ball down the road and say, well, this year I'd be okay with just, you know, making the NIT, but I want to be a tournament regular soon. Like, no, this is the time to start doing it. You made it last year. Let's keep it up. Let's get there again. Uh, you know, and let's, let's maybe go deeper, hopefully, um, than we did this past year. I, I think that's doable. I don't expect to be in the final four necessarily. But can we be a team that's maybe in the second round with a chance to go to the Sweet 16? I think so. Well, look, these are there are a couple things at play here for why I expect them to be that good or why that is my yeah. baseline. One, I understand that there were recruiting struggles with losing uh, Jethro, losing sure. Tunliff, um, but Basically an empty class, yeah. But this is all his guys. These are guys no, exactly. who he targeted, who he brought in. And there's, you know, not, not that I'm pushing the panic button or that we should fire Hurley, like you said, but there's kind of a finite window where he was the hot commodity, hot shot, you know, last year in December, everyone was panicking about it and we gave him the contract and rightly so, but okay. Now, now I have expectations. Last year, you came out of nowhere and you whooped a bunch of teams in the non-conference who I thought right. you didn't have a shot to beat. So right, right. Now I no, do, absolutely. You know, I don't expect you to beat Kansas, but I don't expect you to get blown out at home by Kansas. I don't either. No, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to keep making incremental progress. And, you know, yeah, last year we got to number three in the country, and I don't I don't anticipate we'll get that high this year. Um, it'd be hard to, but maybe. Who knows? But, uh, you know, where you finished the year was probably about right. I mean, it was a weird path to get there. But I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, if you had said we can finish, you know, middle of the conference and, you know, make the first four, then, yeah. I mean, I think you and I talked about this last year at this time. Let's just keep it where we're on the bubble all the way through March and maybe we get in. Well, that's what it was. Now, the path there 
was somewhat unfulfilling because we got off to such a great start and had to survive. But nonetheless, that's where we thought we'd be and we were. So now it's time to keep taking that step forward one more step and, you know, get in the tournament, hopefully comfortably, not have to sweat it out on Selection Sunday, um, not have to play in the first four in Dayton, things like that. You know, uh, again, do I expect Final Four? No. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm realistic about it, but I'm also not. Uh, you're right. I mean, you're right in the sense that, like, how long do we have? No, it's not panic time. And, and people love to say that, oh, is there a window closing? Well, no, our window's not closing, but, you know, we, we ain't got forever to do this. Like, let's let's do it now because the window is there now. It's not closing, but you don't know how long it's going to be open. Look, you've got Lawrence Mitchell, Cherry, Cheatham, Lake. You've got these freak athletes. And you right. know right now Cheatham and Lake are gone. And right. If if you are really good or really bad, you might lose Cherry. You might lose so those guys. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, college basketball is not like football, where you can say, "Well, we got we got you know these fresh." I mean, football, we could do that. We got these freshmen that are playing well. We got other freshmen that are redshirt this year that we expect big things from. And you think, you know, well, boy, by by twenty twenty, when we've got these guys and we've got another two classes. We should be in good shape. You don't know that in college basketball. You just don't. You know, year to year, your roster changes a lot. You have guys in, guys out. Um, you know, if you're good, you lose guys to the pros. If you're bad, you lose guys to transfers. Sometimes you lose guys to transfers either way. Um, and so you have to take advantage of it when it's there. And this is a team that feels good enough to take advantage of it in some ways. Again, I'm not at all saying we got, you know, Duke or Kentucky level talent where it's like, well, we got to get to the final four bust. But, you know, it's a talented team that has a makeup that we really haven't had a lot over the years. You want to take advantage of it. You know, you, you don't want this to be a 15 and 15 kind of season. That will be disappointing. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this team needs to the, – the lows can't be as low. The highs almost certainly won't be as high, no. but the Agreed. lows can't be as low. You, you know, you can't be hanging on by your fingernails. Like you said, unlike the, you know, comfortable being on the bubble, yeah. this team should be comfortable in the top 35. Like, we, yeah. we should be a top 35 team. And, I agree, and, yeah. and be, yeah. you know, in the upper half of seeds. We should be no lower than a nine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I am hoping is that when we get to, you know, selection week, um, that we are we are comfortable that before we ever tip it up in the conference tournament, that we're in the tournament. That you know, maybe we can improve our seating, maybe we can win the conference tournament, and you know, bring home a trophy or something like that. But it, we really don't need to do anything there because we're already going to the NCAA tournament. That's that's what I would hope for this year. Agreed. I think that will do it. We will be live probably from a hotel in Atlanta, right. Georgia right. on, yes, uh, yes. on Saturday night. We'll try, depending on what the Wi-Fi situation and whatnot, we'll try to get it up Saturday night or at, at the latest on Sunday when I get back to Milwaukee. Yes. Um, but until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast. <laughs>